God is good. If you're hiding behind the poles, uh, I want to see your face, okay? I, I may have to move around a little bit. But uh, I realize a lot of us are traveling, trying to put in final days of summer as a vacation. Uh, you know, I, I don't know what it is. You know, maybe it was me. You know, usually one vacation a year is good enough for me. Always been. But sometimes these days I find people have four or five vacations in one summer. Let alone a whole year. Man, you know, I lived, you know, I lived uh, my Christian life as one of the things I always believed in was I need to be home on Sundays. No matter what, unless I'm in ministry church or not, I'm home on Sundays. And I always believed that, you know, and even if, if I travel or not, I want to be home. And I guess, you know, this is me. You know, I don't know, maybe it's an old school thing. And I'll always, you know, make my schedule so that even on my vacation, I'll be back home. I'm not saying you should do it. Yes, I, yes I'm saying you should do that right too. Okay. You know, and I tell our elders, you, you, have no, you cannot miss more than two Sundays a year. Okay. You guys, maybe three maximum, okay? I'm just joking. But anyhow, a lot of people are traveling for many different reasons. And some, probably many for... Powerful reason. And I'm thankful that uh, God has opened the door for us to go not only to nations, but also to go to a remote part of our nation, to Alaska. And I didn't realize Pastor Mimi was, she was really gung about this because we'd be really begun with a pastor out there, Pastor Joey Chang. Actually, he's a Korean-American pastor who is sort of 1.5 generation immigrant. He heard about what's happening. He dropped what he's doing in I believe in uh, Virginia, went out there with his family to do a ministry out there about seven or eight years ago. And, and, and in the midst of that, in the midst of that, you know, when, when Pastor Mim and I met him about a couple of years ago in our denomination meeting, he especially asked, can you come and help? They said, the people here, some of these uh, uh, people in Alaska, you know, the indigenous people, love Asians to come. I do not know why. And that's one of the reasons why I'm mean, saying, please come. And Pastor Mimi felt it was really inviting us to come. Almost like what's happening in Acts chapter 16 when, when Apostle Paul had a vision for Macedonia to come and help us. That's how we began. We, we, do, not how, no, we do not know how this will lead, but we realized as you're planning, it was difficult to get out there, more difficult than going out to Thailand. Thailand is very simple. I mean, it's a long, about 25-hour flight. But it is straight shot. Alaska was difficult to go back. We usually flying to Seattle, then to Juneau, which is a capital of Alaska. Then the small island, you, you can either go on a ferry, that eight-hour ride ferry, ferry, you know, normal conditions. Either you need to do a one-hour flight, a small plane with only eight passengers. So only a couple, couple, couple of flights a day, and it's difficult to get out there. I know when she was planning all this, you know, and it's because the planes are small, you have to tell them how much you weigh so that they can, they can make sure that they balance the plane. You know, some people, didn't, some people didn't want to give their weight. I don't want to give you my weight. What kind of flight is this? Anyhow, so there was a lot of things going on. So I realized, you know, reaching and really helping and loving as God wants us to love is not always easy. Even in our own nation, some places are difficult to go. I know uh, Jericho, 
you know, one of our, one of our Jerry coming out of well, his first mission trip, not out of country, but to Boston, inner city Boston, Boston area, right? And, and, and Rhode Island. And the city, see, they, they team up people from New Jersey went into, went into Boston and, and Rhode Island and some of the major cities in that area to do inner city missions. Mission is everywhere, not just overseas, everywhere. I'm grateful that we are getting, getting involved in what God is doing in our own little way. Let me, uh, the reason I say this is because we are going through a series of messages called in Life in the Spirit. Because Christian life is a life lived in the Spirit of God. Christian life is not life lived by principles. It is life lived in the Spirit of God, who is the Spirit of Jesus Christ, living in us. And that's a Christian life. And we are looking, going to the book of Acts, really looking at how the Spirit of God moved in the early church. It is not a full picture, but at least a big picture God has given us about how to live in the Spirit of God. And really begun with that, uh, the passage, Acts chapter 1-8, which is a summary of whole book of Acts, the whole of Christian kingdom, I, I, I would say. And he says, Jesus said, right before your sense to heaven, last word he spoke to the disciples and the people of God is that you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. So, you know, I, I know I'm, I'm reiterating this. I need to explain this. When you believe in Christ, Holy Spirit lives in you. Holy Spirit abides in you. This is a little different here. When the, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. It's a little, little different. Every Christian spirit, Holy Spirit lives in you. When he says here, it talks about how Holy Spirit come upon you in power. He's talking about anointing. It's more than me living in, in, in my personal life where God is changing me. That is transformation. More than that, God is giving me power by the Spirit of God. Why? He says that you will be my witnesses. That's the point of God's anointing. It's the point of God's giftings. Old empowerment is about being his witness. Where? In Jerusalem. For us, in our home and in our, in our immediate neighborhood, in my family, in all of Judea and Samaria, our community and our close, uh, close by places, not only geographically, but also relationally, but to the remotest part of the earth, that God's grace should flow out of me, that I'll be witness of him to the ends of the earth. Which means every Christian, you have part, not only in your Jerusalem, in all of your Judea and Samaria, you have a part in the world. We all, all are supposed to have a part in God being witness to the ends of the earth. Amen? Not my word, God's word. But the thing is that, amazing thing is that you don't have to go to Africa, you don't have to go to uh, 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 jungles in Amazon in, in, in Latin America. You actually, they come to us. You know, I look at universities, most diverse place in the whole world. Now, this, these cities are filled with people from all over the world. We don't, we don't need to go out there because they're coming. We don't need to go, but they're, they're also coming. One of the best ways to reach Okay, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not in my notes anyway. I'm too excited already. I heard that biggest Iraqi community outside of Iraq is in Chicago area. You didn't know that, did you? And so there are more public Christians in, in, in Chicago area among Iraqis than in whole Iraq. 
God, and then a lot of them who are, who, are, who are God is touching there, moving, often will be the connection to which the Iraq could be touched. God does all kinds of things. And so what God is doing is we are called to be. God is anointing us, power of God, the spirit of God, to be witnesses. Some, some people have been asking, we had two great revival meetings in the span of two months. What's the point? What's the end? It's not that we feel good and yes, God gives me, I, God gave me speak, you know, tongue, gift of tongue, gift of prophets, those are all great. That's not the end. The point is that we are being strengthened and empowered to be his witnesses. Okay? As Pastor Mimi shared last Sunday, you know, it's, I don't know how, but God is really putting all the pieces together. It's not only by me saying things, but also by me living it out. But it's not just living it out alone. You have to add the word in there as well. Because Jesus is a word of God, right? Word of God, meaning Holy Spirit. God works through even our words. God, Christ is incarnated through the words we share with people. Amen? I'm, I gave you five minutes of freebies, okay? All right. That's not, that was not in my note. Okay, let's move on. Okay. I'm getting too excited. Let me go back. The title of today is When God Opens Doors. Now, I'll tell you, this is not what you think it is. It's a whole lot more. We've been living on this for about a year and seven months because beginning of last year, January, I got a word from God that this is the God is God, the word of God from Revelation chapter 3, I believe verse 7, 8, and 9. And then I remember I was asking right here in this place, praying one morning, Pay and a whole week pacing and back and forth. God, what is your word for us this year? God and God gave me a God gave me a word. I've said before an open door which no one can shut. And and and, and that Revelation chapter three verse seven through nine. And I said, God, if it's just you, give me a confirmation. You know, I told you about the right there. God gave me a couple two names of the people, and I knew their birthday was that those days, three seven three eight. I didn't know Lama was, Lama, Lama, Lama Ann was in there too, right? Three, three, nine? Okay. You guys were in there. I, re, I didn't realize. And then God gave me about three different confirmations after this is really for word from God. We, I'll be really thinking about it. And when we began this year, Pastor Mimi and I distinctly thought that word for us didn't end yet. We're supposed to continue in this year. And God has been really speaking about open doors for us. Initially, last year, when, when I got the word, we talked, I spoke about open doors, but I didn't get a full picture. I realized as I was studying today's passage, Acts chapter 16, it's one of the clearest places in the Bible where I see God talking about open doors. Not complete, but at least maybe one of the very clear places. But different from what I thought it is. Let me, so you see three open doors here. It's not all, it's not exhaustive. It's just God is giving, highlighting few open doors. So you're going to look at three open doors today. Amen? Okay. Let me move on. Okay. Today, my ambition is go through 35 verses. We can do it. Okay. In a, in a very good time, right? Okay. Let me, let me just, I'm going to read a few places. I'm going to jump some places. I'm going to skip some places, but we're going to catch, take whole passage, Okay. When you have time, I want you to go home and please meditate chapter 16 in the book of Acts. Let me begin. 
and they, meaning Paul and Silas, were, went through the region of uh, Phrygia and Galatia, which is piled up in Asia Minor, which is now modern Turkey, having been forbidden by the Spirit and to speak the word in Asia. Basically, he's not talking about Korea or Japan. Talking about Asia is really Asia Minor, which is part of Turkey. And when they had come to Mysia, they attempted to go into Bithynia, which is north. But the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them. So passing by Mysia, they came to Torres. So I mentioned it last time, last two, two three Sundays ago in my message, how the Spirit of God was not allowing to do things at that moment. The Asia, really, they're talking about, let me, let me look at the map a little bit. Asia, they're talking about this, this year. This, this part of Turkey, most western part of Turkey, and on the top is Mysia, and there are other places, Galatia, and there are different areas. So if you look at it, there's Ephesus. Right here, you see Ephesus? And, and, and this, this area? Apostle does come back a few years later on the second, uh, third missionary journey. He'll go back there. But at this time, God says, not right now. Not right now. And sometimes God, even though you are doing the right thing, you are following God, sometimes God will say, this is not, not right now, not this time. God closed the door. And you know, so God, God said, do not go to your left, the west. So, so they are sort of bypassing. They want to go to the north. I said, no, not there either. Now, let me go back. If you are a student of the word, if you really are, in, 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 I don't know if you're interest, interested in these things, I am. Look at your same two verses, right? And three verses, you find Spirit saying no twice, two different ways. It says here, Spirit, right? It's forbidden by the Holy Spirit in verse 6. Verse 7, it says, Spirit of Jesus did not allow them. And the same thing, but it two, says two different ways. You would expect the Spirit to say, Spirit of Holy Spirit did not allow them in verse 7. No. Here in the verse 7, it says, Spirit of Jesus. Verse 6, Holy Spirit. There is a little distinction. Now, if you are a student of the Word of God, you will know, go and study why their expression is a little different. Amen? And doesn't those, those things excite, excite me like crazy? Why is Holy Spirit sometimes called Holy Spirit? Why is it called Spirit of Jesus sometimes? And sometimes it's called Spirit of Truth. Why? It's highlighting certain things. Uh, and I don't have time to explain all this. Now, I'm just throwing things at you because in 40 minutes of message, I cannot throw all the things I see God is highlighting in here. The point is that Spirit is saying, no, 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 no. And now look at the next verse. The God opens the way. In the midst of those times, as Paul and Silas, Silas and on their missionary journey, I bet you they're praying and asking God, where are you leading us? If you say no here, there, where do you want us to go? Lead us. Lead us the way you want us to go. But you know, one thing they didn't do was stop and wait. God, I'm not going to go until you tell us to go. No. They start moving. God said, no, I'm still moving. He said, no, okay. Still moving. The way he's open, he's now being faithful. A lot of times people in the name of waiting for God's guidance, they stop and don't do anything. When you don't do anything, God cannot lead you. Even when God is closing some doors, you go where he, he generally opens the door in. You're faithful in that way. As I'm praying and waiting, you find, and, and God's opening the door for you. 
and a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia was standing there urging him and saying, come over to Macedonia and saying, come over to Macedonia and help us. Look in the next verse. And when Paul had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go on into Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. You see, what you have to see is, they are, they are here to preach the gospel. Doesn't God, want God, doesn't God want the gospel to go forth every nation? But sometimes God said, at this time, not here, but here. God guides you. Okay? And, and when you don't listen to that, we go into the areas God is, saying, God is saying, don't go there. You walk in, you'll find a lot more resistance, a lot more difficulties. Because God has not opened the door yet. And often there's a time and a way God moves. The open door doesn't always mean, if it's good, I walk in. But sometimes God will say, not, not right now. But God opened the door here. God opened the way. Now, one other thing I need to say, I highlighted is, it's the word, word we comes in. In book of Acts, in 28 chapters, there are three sections where the writer of this book uses we and us. There are three sections. This is the first time when the we is used. It's always they, they did this. But now we sought to go into Macedonia. You can see somebody joined in. The writer of the, the book of Luke joined in. Luke joined in here. You see. And we sought to go into Macedonia. And concluding that God has called us, not only Paul and Silas, but also himself, to go into that place. Many scholars think because Luke joined in here, Luke becomes a writer of whole book of Acts. Book of Acts. He became, he's able to spend time with Paul and see what God is doing. He was able to write the book of Acts because he joined part of this journey. He got strengthened and taught and encouraged by Paul, Apostle Paul, and see what God is doing. He began to see. So one of the things that when God said, don't go there, don't go there, one of the reasons might be because Luke is going to join their journey. God's going to use Luke to be part of who they are to see God's kingdom work in early church be written somewhere. Doesn't make sense. So God now opens the door in the Macedonia, which is northern Greece. Look at the map. Here is Turkey, the western part of Turkey. Now here, they came to Troas, and they're going to go into right into here, northern Greece. Okay, Macedonia, which is Europe. God is leading them into a new continent. Rather than going into Turkey and maybe going to the, the east, God led them into a different continent. And now mi mission happens in Europe. Something amazing happened here. God opened the doors. God opens the way. Now, one of, how did it happen? You have to ask. See, the, the, the God open door doesn't just happen to anyone. It happens to those who are ready. If you're not ready and looking, you don't see, you don't know when God opens the door for you. Even though you're walking into God's open door, you do not know it is open door. You don't see it. So it is, I find in the midst of all that, they were seeking God and prayer. They're praying before God. This is why prayer is so important in Christian life. 
not only telling God what I want, what I need, but spending communicating, God, what are you doing? How do I, what are you doing? I want to follow you. I want to see you and seeking God. And I was talking you know, to some people, and, and, and often in the church, the most difficult thing in the church to be done is prayer meeting. People love to come to revival meetings. People love to come, you know, those powerful meetings or not. I don't know how many of uh, how many use, uh, what do you call, uh, uh, made a reservation to go to the oil people coming. Anybody re- registered? You know what? I, I was so late in posting that in our church. By the time we posted, I put it in our Facebook page. It was always closed. And they said the, the pe- people wanted to come to this old, old revival in Pastor John's Rock Church, Pastor John's church. And, and within a day, 400, over 400 people registered for Saturday and Friday night. Packed. So that really can handle any more than that. But I, so I thought, I, I, I realized, oh, I, I cannot go. I didn't register. But my wonderful wife did register. <laughs> I wasn't going to go. I said, oh, I guess I cannot go. I can't ask Pastor John, can you make some special you know, room for me? I cannot do that. So, but my wife didn't make a reservation. What I'm getting at is people love to come to those powerful meetings or not. Very few people will pray, come to prayer meeting and seek God. It's easy to read the Bible to spend time in prayer. Easy to come before God and say, God, God, I want this and this and this, and you walk away to waiting upon God and hearing what God is saying in my life. This is true, right? Very true. So they, were, they heard, they saw God opening the door for them, way for them because they were seeking God's guidance in prayer. Let me move on. So, Setting sail from Troas, we made a direct voyage to Samothrace uh, uh, and following day to Neapolis. From there to Philippi, which is a leading city of the district of Macedonia and a Roman colony. We remained in the city some days. Look at the map, right? From here, they went right here, Philippi. Now, you, you have to understand, what you didn't see here is that they got there in a, in a day. On the way back. It took five days to come from there to the same place, meaning that they got a tailwind guiding them, and God opened the door. God led them faster than usual. They got there. They got into Philippi. And, and on the seventh day, they went outside the gate to the riverside, and where we supposed there was a place of prayer, and we sat down and spoke to the woman who had come together. Now, when you read this pa- passage, it doesn't make a lot of sense to you. Right? I know it doesn't make a lot of sense. What happened when Apostle Paul went on a missionary, he always go to any city. By the way, he went to major cities. So that major cities, he'll go and preach. The gospel will share out of that. He's a strategy in mind. He didn't just go anywhere. He went to major cities. And when he did that, he always looked for synagogues first, the Jewish people first. That's where he'll go and preach. And in a city, when there's not, they, if, you, if you have 10 Jewish men, you can have a synagogue. This, this city, even the very big, powerful city, not, not that many Jews. There, there, there were not no 10 Jewish men. There's no synagogue. This is why they're looking for a place of worship and prayer. 
They went to Riverside. That's where often women gather to pray. Not men. Women gather to pray. And, and because there's no synagogue, they went out the Riverside and hoping to find and people praying. And he found, he found women praying there. I don't know what it is. Woman prays more than men. True. Very true. I don't know what it is. Men, we are not good at praying. Are we? Shame on me? Okay, no. Anyway. But so there I said, <laughs> now, when, when, when you look at the scripture, right, there's so much in there. I wish I had time to just sit down and explain. Here when he says, now, when, when Paul meets with them, he spoke to the woman. By the way, in those days, rabbi, rabbis would say, he rather burn the law of law of the Bible than to give it to women. That's what they thought those days. Those days, rabbis would literally say, I'd rather burn the law, book of the law, or give it to women. This was Jewish culture those days. They didn't think the woman is fit to study the word of God. But Apostle Paul broke the, a lot of what you call traditions and begin to speak to them. Not preach, spoke them, talked with them, and shared the word with them. Powerful, isn't it? See, you didn't, even you didn't see this because you think he spoke, you think he's preaching. No, he's not preaching. He's talking with them. So you don't, you don't just, you don't evangelize by preaching. You only often, you do by conversations. Apostle Paul is doing that. Look at what happens. Now, something happened here. Now, I'm just giving you this headline so that you know what to look for. And this says, one who heard of us was a woman named Lydia. Lydia is a good name, powerful name in the Bible. From city of Thyatira, which is a nearby city, known for uh, purple dye and fabric and whatnot. A seller of purple goods. By the way, purple goods, purple was a very royal, royal color. It's for rich people who was worship of God, meaning she was a Gentile, but she was not a proselyte. She didn't become a Jewish believer yet. She's almost there. She's a worship of God. The Lord opened the heart to pay attention to what was said by the Paul. Paul is not talking to a woman here, and he'll find the time to pray with the prayer and found this lady, Jewish, and the people, not, not, not only Jewish, but people gathered to pray, and he talked to them, and God began to work in their heart. At least a woman named Lydia. Now, I want to highlight something here. I, I'm doing a little bit of Bible study, and the Lord opened the heart. ESP says to pay attention to what was said by Paul. What does it mean that God opened your heart? What God opened your heart? What does it mean? It says in ESP, the translation says, God opened the heart to pay attention to the word of God. God is opening your heart so you can listen to the word of God better. I'll tell you one of the funniest stories about my sister. I need to, we need to take this out. I don't want my sister to hear it later. But uh, one of my sister, who, one of my sisters, uh, she is a medical doctor. Before she became a Christian, in a, and I remember when I was in Hawaii, in Hawaii in the church, and she was in my church, and uh, I don't know why, but she joined the choir. Even though she plays piano, but she's a tone deaf. But I don't know why. But the thing is, you see this in service, right? And when she's when just singing or not, she'll be up. When and pastor begins to preach, she'll literally 
not only not on stress, she falls and you need to pull, push her back up. Hold to the message. You look, and you have to, you know, push her back. That's her. When she became a Christian, something happened to her where she was able to stay up. Listen to the word of God. And something is said, something here happened. You know, hearing the word of God is a spiritual act. Sometimes there's spiritual disturbance where you are not able to focus. God opened the heart to be able to pay attention to the word of God. Look at the other translations. NASB said, God opened the heart to respond to the things spoken by Paul. Not only pay attention, but also be able to respond to the word of God. Because not only you need to listen, pay attention, but also you need to respond. Holy Spirit helped her to respond. And then she says, she accepted what Paul was saying. Not only responded, she was able to, Holy Spirit helped her to accept. God didn't force on her, but God helped her so she can accept the word of God. So uh, uh, the loud version, amplified version, loud version, says to pay attention and respond to the things said by Paul. Put both together. Spirit of God, Paul was talking to the ladies about God and the gospel. Holy Spirit opened the heart to be able to pay attention, to be able to respond to the word of God. This is what we need to be praying. God opens, opens people's heart to seek God and love God. One of, one of the testimonies I heard, I think, this week from one of our elders, one of our elders telling me on the prayer meeting how they've been praying for, I think, one of the family members for a long, long time to come to know Christ and whatnot. And, and he was, he was, he, this elder was telling me how, you know, and, 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 and they, they did all that and, uh, and, uh, and nothing seemed to happen after many years. I think, the, I think sister-in-law, sister-in-law somehow was invited and the kids began to go to Sunday, Sunday, I think BBS or Sunday school or not. And the kids been asking, so he, she actually went to church, sat in the children's service. While she was sitting in the children's service, she's began to feel the power of spirit of God. She's began to bawl and cry and meet God in the children's service. And then, and she comes and tells her husband, you need to go to church with me and all that. And so Michelle, she's telling me how many, many years of prayer, didn't see anything happening really, but God began to open Somebody's heart like that. Somehow prepares. Our prayers be God open people's heart. God open people's heart. Open heart. You see, all the God's, God's anointing and power coming upon us, seeking God's presence was always about how people needing the Lord, how God want to touch them and love them. It's not only me being blessed. I'm blessed so that I can be a blessing to others. Right? Me being blessed is not the ultimate goal. That I'll be source of blessing to all the others as well. Here, God opens our heart so that she can attend, be attentive to the word of God and respond to the word of God. Now, you see what happens. And after she was baptized, now she not only she believes she's baptized, and her whole household as well. Through her, she's through her open heart, not only her, but whole family comes to know God and they got baptized. And now she urges them, saying, if you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, if you see that I love God, come and come to my house and stay. Please come to my house and stay. She's not just being hospitable. She is 
She's doing more than that. She's saying, come. Her house will become a church. Early church, early church days, church was at home. She said, come into my place. She opened the heart. Her house became a church for people to come. Her family came to know God, and her heart, house became an open door for many others nearby to come to know Jesus Christ. Those days, there were not, no church building. Churches were really at, at people's homes. She opened, opened the heart, open heart, became open home. Whole family got saved. Isn't it amazing? Open up. Open, God opened the way. God opened somebody's heart. Third, I, I, like, I like this quote. It is not enough to know where God wants us to work. We must also know when and how he wants us to work. Not only where, but how and when as well. Amen? See, that's what God was leading Paul where to go. And as he in the new city, not many where to go, he began to pray. As he began to pray, God shows him how to go. Seems like a very insignificant thing. A one woman, her heart being opened and trusting in God. That opened the whole family, whole house, and then becomes a doorway whole community. Amazing. Now, power encounter is a very uh, specific word, a word, phrase in an evangelic, evangelist uh, mission circle. Is where when you go into certain, certain regions to preach the gospel, you'll often find there's a spiritual resistance, spiritual battle that happens that will open up the door. This happens right here. As we were going to the place of prayer, and we were met by a slave girl who had a spirit of divination. Literally, it means spirit of python. And I now say, this, this, is, this is what they put divination here, because you do not know what python is. Python in what they call Greek mythology is one of the things, servants of Apollo, the god, god Apollo. Python was one of the other gods that he ended up with, subduing, and he becomes a prophet for prophet for Apollo. So in, in that region, there was a worship of Apollo going on. And Python was a prophetic, evil prophetic spirit that works with Apollo. Now, a spirit of divination, spirit of Python was in this girl, slave girl, brought her owners much gain by fortune telling. So this girl, under the power of the evil spirit, she was able to foretell fortune telling. I need, and to stop, I need to make a, make a simple, very important uh, comment here. Often people think fortune telling, those kind of things are just people's you know, gimmicks. Often it is tricks. But if you really go into it, there's a spiritual thing. And there are demonic, demonic things in behind where they have some power to know things and say things. Almost mimic the spirit of God. And then people, when people do tarot cards, you know, or the, you know, what do you call that? Uh, you do uh, zodiac and all those, and fortune tellers, you are not just dabbling in it to some curiosity. You may be dabbling into spiritual things. And you do that, you can open up your soul for demonic things to come into you. Be very careful. Before my mom became a Christian, she used to go to a fortune teller all the time in Korea. 
you know, and you know, people, you know, they do that. You know, they pay money and they tell you, give you little kind of writings, you know, on the yellow paper, whatever kind of thing. And the thing is, and they they will always say, why don't you become one? Because you 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 are good. And so that, that, that was, they used to tell my mom before she was Christian, you, you know, and, and the, she has a potential to be one of those. Because, you know, you know, almost every culture there is fortune telling, there's animistic things and things out there where demonic things, mimic things and do things and entice people. Because people are always worried about their future. They've been, that's why they've been looking for future. They've been looking for ways for future. Fortune telling is one of those things. Now, and, and you know, mom used to go all the time, but now she's a Christian. After she came to Christ, she has a lot of dreams. Sometimes weird, stupid dreams, but she has a lot of dreams. So she, I know she's uh, open to spiritual things. She's always telling me, I had an interesting dream last night. Think about it. She doesn't know, she's not, doesn't not really know vocabulary to say she's having some things. She doesn't know how to filter it. Think about it. I saw you cleaning toilet yesterday in my dream. It's usually bad, bad thing. Because when, when, when I was in Hawaii, in the church that we were in, and the church had broke up, major breakup. She saw pastor to- washing toilet every night. So when, I, when, when she says these kind of things, I take seriously. What I'm getting at is, you need to be aware that spiritual things going on. We have to be a whole lot more aware I'm not, not scared to be aware that we know how to deal with these things rightly. And brought her owners much gain by fortune telling. She followed Paul and us. Is she us? Crying out, these men are servants of the Most High God who proclaim to you the, the way of salvation. This girl, the demon-possessed girl says, these are servants of the Most High God. They are proclaiming to you the way of salvation. She knows something that most people do not know. Is this good? No. You don't want any recommendation by evil spirits? No. No. This is how when, when Jesus was ministry and people, then the, you know, the, the people on the spirit come and say, they would say, this is Messiah. They say, be quiet. Same thing. So look at what it says. And this she kept on doing many days following around everywhere they go. And then, these are the servants of God. All that. Paul having become greatly annoyed, so frustrated, turned and said to the spirit, not to the girl, spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out that very hour, that very moment. Spiritual battle is going on. Some of you said, I see Paul, you know, a little bit annoyed. She's bothering me, you know, and you know, I, I, I don't want to make any judgment call you. I'm not saying he's being frustrated or acted hastily, whatever, but it, it bought, troubled him enough to stop and command the evil spirit to come out. Evil spirit came out. That hour. Good thing happened. A girl, a demonized girl, was set free in the name of Jesus Christ. You see, when we come to Christ, God sets people free from the bondage. Amen? That's what the revival is about. We come to Christ. We are in bondage. God breaks the bondage up, set us free from the demonic oppression, set us free from the addictions and whatnot. 
God saves us. Amen? That's what gospel does. If it doesn't, it's not a gospel. Gospel sets us free. The sinners God forgives. The, the gospel for God, through the gospel, God forgives. And when people are in bondage, God sets them free. When they're sick, God heals them. Not only heals them, but also gives them eternal healing to be saved. People are lost will come to Christ, and then they will find their way. Not only way, but they'll find not only the way today, but the, the way, the way, which is Jesus Christ. She's set free. It doesn't stop there. It now opens up whole hornets of issue. Persecution comes. He did only good thing, nothing wrong. But the owners were not happy. But when her owners saw their hope of gain was gone, that she cannot fortune tell anymore. They seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace and before the rulers. And when they had brought them to the magistrates, they said, these men are Jews. They are Jews. You know, you know, you know there are at least four people there. Paul and Silas and Timothy and Luke. Luke is, you know, what you call Greek. It doesn't look like a Jew. Timothy is half Jew, half Greek. He's more like Greek. So those two are very obvious. You can tell they are Jewish people. There were anti-Semitism those days as well. Very and, and they singled out these two. They are disturbing our city. They advocate customs that are not lawful for us as Romans to accept the practice. So they are accusing them. And, 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 and the crowd all joined them by attacking them. The magistrates told the comments of them because they said, you know what? Yeah, they are the Jewish people, Jews. And they are disturbing or not. And so they gave orders to beat them with rods. And when they inflicted many blows upon them, they threw them into prison, ordering the jailer to keep them safely. Having received this order, he, jailer, put them into the, not only inner prison, fastened their feet into the stocks. So not only they were, but they were, they were, they were sitting down with their legs were, Put on the stock that cannot move. It, those, those stocks will dig into your feet. They are deep in prison. All they did was set this girl, demon, demon possessed girl, free, preaching the gospel. He is there in the prison. Uh, Chuck Swindle says In every major breakthrough, there is a corresponding resistance. I, me I remember Michael. You know, when Michael was here, he, 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 I was talking to him about, you know, the, uh, the, their outreach in, in Myanmar, right? That they did amazing things happened in May and whatnot, all those things. So some of the other some of the stories probably you didn't hear was that there were a lot of spiritual attacks, a lot of spiritual attacks, where that, you know, the God was doing amazing things. But one, one of the team members, I believe, in a family is, and got sick and, and even died and kind of things happened. One of the main leader, the or the Burmese leader that was well, his brother was deathly sick for no reason. You know, with the, with the same disease as somebody else passed away not too long ago. So they were asking, please pray for us. When they see, you see, when we share the gospel, when you go into new territory, there are territorial spirits. You are engaging in those spiritual battles there. We are not just, when, when you are declaring, the, sharing the gospel, it's not just words. Actually, God is doing something in the, in the spiritual realm. But the thing, spiritual authority in the city 
often is under the demonic rule. So when, when somebody else comes into the country to do things, then you know what? Your, your country has a right to get rid of the guy. Spiritual when it happens. This is why a lot of prayers are needed. Not only that, often persecutions comes. And through those, the breakthroughs happen. I'm not trying to scare you. God, God is greater than anything out there. But others, when they win, they know these things are in, in the power of the package that comes, understands. See what happens see what happens next. They're so beautiful. At midnight, at midnight, deep in the prison, they're beaten like all over the place and in a prison lock on the stock. Okay? What do they do over there? Look what it said. Paul and Silas was praying. We, we can understand that part. Singing hymns to God. I can see them praying, God, what are you doing? But no, this is different kind of praying. Praying and praising God with hymns and songs and spiritual songs. And all the prisoners are listening. In the middle of the night, in that difficult place, song is raised up. You have to understand. Why do you think they sang? Do they sing because they know that God will set them free? God may. God may not. But they know when they're singing that they were doing God's thing. So I, bet, I bet you they remembered when Jesus said, Blessed are you when you're persecuted in my name's sake. They were doing it because God is all for you. I'm doing it because we do it for you. We love you, God. And they, I bet you they are singing and praising God in that place, in a difficult place because he saw a girl set free from demonic things. He saw God moving in the midst. Song in the night. Song in the night. When things are difficult, what does people of God do? What, what do we do? Song in the night. The phrase in the Bible, a few places where Psalm 20, 4280 says, by the day, Lord commands his steadfast love, and at night, his song is with me, a prayer to the God of my life. Song in the night. You know, it's like talking about song in the middle of the difficult time. You know, one of the songs I've been really singing lately is, I raise up hallelujah. I raise up hallelujah in midst of storms. Make it louder still. My melody is a weapon. I sing hallelujah. Not because, I mean, I said that song talks about how when I sing hallelujah, God breaks through. He may. Often he does. But even if he doesn't, I'm going to praise God anyway. Right? We don't just praise God because he's going to do all the things I want him to. Even now, now, because we praise him because he's worthy. If Jesus died on the cross to save us, save us. When he's there in the suffering for Christ, for preaching the gospel, they're saying, God, thank you for allowing us to rejoice. Privilege of suffering for you. You see amazing things going on. John Stott, I think Pastor Mimi had some classes when he's an amazing uh, theologian. Anyone can be happy in pleasant circumstances, right? But real joy comes only from within, not from outside circumstances. But it is a gift available 
to Christians at all times. Instead of cursing men, they blessed God. Talking about Paul and Silas. They were beaten unjustly, illegally actually. You'll find that it was illegal to do that. And they, and they didn't do anything wrong, but there they praised God. So as Christians, we praise God and we rejoice in God, not only because things are easy, great, even when things are very, very difficult, we praise God, we rejoice in God because He is good. He is amazing. Amen? And He is worthy. Praise in hard times. Chuck Swindoll said, reaps a harvest of benefit. When you praise in the difficult time, sometimes we call it sacrifice of praise. When I do that, we reap great benefits. Sometimes the benefit may be manifest through literal breakthrough. Sometimes those, you know, the benefits may be peace overflows my soul. That there is that great benefit. Praise in in hard times. Look at verse 20. Amazing things happen. And suddenly, suddenly meaning they were not expecting. They didn't praise and, 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 and pray to God expecting this. But suddenly, unexpectedly, there was a great earthquake. So that the foundation of this prison was shaken. Immediately all the doors were opened. Everyone's bonds were unfastened. You know this is more miracle because not as a, you know the, the what do you call it? the earthquake does not just open doors. It may, but your the stocks and chains does not fall off because of earthquakes. This God was doing something amazing here. Now, why do you think God did this? Often, often, often I thought God, you know, shook and opened the prison doors to set Paul and Silas free. No. You look at the story very closely. God didn't open this thing so that not just for the poor and silence be set free. If that's the case, you know, when they open the door, they ran out. Right? That doesn't happen. Look at this. God, this amazing God broke through things. God opened the prison doors. When the jailer woke and saw the prison doors were opened, I mean, he woke, probably woke up because of earthquake and, and he, when he came check it out, all the the prison doors open. He drew his sword and was about to kill himself. He thought that all the prisoners ran away. as escaped. Because in Roman law, if you are jail, in a jail guard, if you, if you lose any prisoner, if you let anybody go, their, their punishment is yours. If somebody who was supposed to be executed, you lost them, you lose your life for that. That's why he was willing to kill himself. And supposing that the prisoners has escaped. And about Paul cried out with a loud voice, Do not harm yourself. Well, we are all here. If God opened the door to the Paul and Silas, walk out? No. That was, if, that they would have walked out. That was not it, was it? They didn't actually walk out. They were still in there. And what happened? Or something else happens here. And the jailer called for the lights and rushed in. And trembling with fear, he fell down before Paul and Silas. He brought them out. And said, what's going on? He just stunned. Sirs, what must I do to be saved? He saw something amazing here. I bet you when Paul and Silas came in after being beaten and put in there, he heard about what happened to that, that uh, uh, slave girl being set free. 
I've been sure all, all that and some of the things that people are talking about. But here, he, that he is so stunned. He says, Sir, what must I do to be saved? He realized he needed to be saved. He, Paul and Silas was in prison. Actually, the real prisoners was him. He was a real prisoner. And they said, believe in the Lord and you will be saved. And, your, and you and your household. I really believe open door, open prison door wasn't just the set Paul and Silas free. It was so that this family come to know God. He'll be saved. Often we see God break through just for them, my own sake. No, it is so much more than me. Breakthrough is not only for me and so much more beyond. God gave breakthrough for Paul so that not only he but also others. Ultimately, for salvation, people to come to know God and find life in Christ Jesus. And they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all who were in the house. And, it, and he, the prisoner, the jail uh, guard, Took him, took them, uh, took them, and same hour of the night, and washed their wounds, and he was baptized at once. He and all of his family. Doesn't that sound like Lydia? Whether uh, the, you know, the jail guard is out, is saved, whole family come to know God. Open, open prison door. God, God opened the way for Paul and Silas. God opened the heart of the woman, Lydia. God opened the jail prison doors. Why? For the salvation of the people to find life in Christ. whole lot more we think. I'm, I'm, I'm going to try to close now, now here. Could I have the priest team come? Here's the thing. When I, when I, when I remember when I, when I got the God's word for us, open door a year and a half ago, a year and eight months ago. Open door can mean a lot of things. Open door can be a lot, you know, about open door to heaven to go more revelation. Open door, God's blessings in life. Open door, yes. Open, open door, ultimately, for the kingdom of God, God's purpose and plan. If God, when God blesses us, it's because we may be blessing to others. If God opens the doors, so not only that I walk in, but others can walk in as well. When God opens our heart, it's not just for me, but my family can come to know God. You see, that, that's what open door is. Open door is not just about me having breakthroughs. You know, you, know, you, you have to understand, whether you are charismatic or uh, the more, uh, uh, more traditional evangelicals, we are all fighting with the same issue. Same issue is both sides is about me. Open charismatics, the side, we want anointing for me, me, my blessing, me knowing that God loves me. Often in the other side, we want, we want God to bless me. It's about me. Either way, we are saying, no, that's not it. It's all about Christ, all about who God is. Because when my life is focused on me, whether with the giftings or blessings, then it is a dead end. God is blessing and going all these things so that that yet not only will bless me, but I'll be a source of blessing to others. There's a gospel always been like that. When God called Abraham, he said, I'll bless you. You'll be, he threw you all the families of the earth will be blessed. Amen. Open door always leads to not only me, but
about all the others around being blessed, coming to know God and God's grace. God opens the doors. God, we need to be, and all, all three, three occasions, the constant thing is they're praying. They're praying when, they're, when God opened the door, wait for them. They're praying when God opened the heart of the lady. And they were praying when they were, God opened the prison doors. It's praying. Prayer prepares a heart. Prayer, prayer, prayer prepares us for God's open doors. This is why we are called to be house of prayer for all the nations, all the people. Amen. So stand. Some of us may need our praying that God will open the way for us. Some of us are in a place where we've been asking God to open people's hearts, our family and our friends to come to know God, for them to find salvation and joy in God. And some of us may be in that prison cell and whatever shape or form, looking for God's breakthrough. Open, God will open the prison doors. That may be us. In all, all these three different places, we come, we, we Come in prayer, asking, seeking God, that He may open the door. Some of us need to be in the place. I raise up hallelujah in the dark time, in the song in the night will rise. Say, God, I need you. I want you, God. I know you can open the door for me. I know you can get breakthroughs. Breakthrough might not come in the way I want, but I know you'll grant breakthrough. Praise God and sing, praise God is good, God is good, God is good.